Oh, yes. Football. NFL Draft. Day one and day two recap. Backdoor cover. Let's go. Hit it. What's happening? It's Micah. It's Brad. It's Backdoor Cover. Micah. Recording live Saturday morning from the MW Studios in my second bedroom with the man from the BK Studios, Bradley Key. What's Gucci? You are chatty this morning. That was a long intro. I liked it. Oh, yeah. I will say we have upgraded our microphone situation here, so if the audio sounds a little bit better or worse or whatever, uh, you'll know there's a little bit something going. We, we have upgraded, uh, so uh, I think you'll hear more, and you may hear my dog barking. Do you Johnny. like the sound of your voice more now, Micah? Oh, uh, it sounds great. The, uh, <laughs> the audio quality is, is superior, although you can also hear the puppy from the other room. That's why she's now sitting on my lap and distracting me. Hey, Charlie. Oh, God. What's going on, Brad? Not too much, my brother. How you doing? I just bought a uh, redneck pool from Walmart, and I'm filling it up with the hose in my backyard right now. So after this, I'm going to go get myself a redneck. This is so awesome. I can't I, wait. Man, I, I wish I could come socially distance myself in that pool. It's uh, it's really big. It's almost six feet apart if you sit with four people in it. So you might be able to come over if you ever grew a set, but I don't think you will. I'm not going anywhere near you. Yeah, well, then it's just going to be me, Ralph, and the uh, fiancé. We're going to be living and large. Is it a hot tub or just a regular pool? Well, it's it's like going to be maybe two and a half, three feet deep, and it fits four people, so it's pretty large. But I would imagine when it's sitting in the sun in 90-degree heat, it's going to turn oh, hot tub true. pretty quick. But it doesn't have built-in jets or Hell no. It's this something you blew up. Straight white, this is some straight white trash shit. I That's love correct. It. Yes, I did not invest any more man. than $20 in this thing, probably. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, actually, it's kind of, it, it might have been like a $30 one. It looks nice. But you didn't buy the like $300 Amazon Oh, hot hell no. Thing. This, we, no. No, we went to Walmart in person, picked it up. Wow. Yeah. Well. Look at us go. No one went. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, well, welcome to Backdoor Cover. Today, we are going to talk about the NFL draft. Um, we are bringing you Saturday content because we love you, you know. Uh, I should also mention, Brad and I are about to to record this and then we may record mind of micah with our weekly top chef recap a, an amazing episode last night a i great also got episode. caught up i got caught up on uh on uh, last chance kitchen it was awesome lck as they call it now yeah the kids uh, so we do got, we got a lot to talk about as always we promise to deliver you an hour's worth of top chef content in 30 minutes or less <laughs> Excellent. 30 minutes, 30 minutes or it's free, you know, um, it's free no matter what, but Indeed. let's, uh, let's get to some, some pro football. The NFL drafted a monster number, more than 15 million people watched the first round. I think I saw that the previous high was 12 million. So that that's is crazy. Just a crazy growth year over year for basically an expanded Skype show, lots of zoom accounts. Uh, let's get, to, before we, Brad and I are going to sort of break down the, the most important picks and the most interesting things that happened in the first round. We'll talk about what happened in the second and third round, sort of the themes that we see, some of the teams that are doing interesting things, some of the teams that are doing some very strange things. But first, let's start with just sort of your overall thoughts on the draft telecast, what it's like watching this thing. I know you had a little gambling deal going on while this was happening. Yeah. Fill me in on, 
on your thoughts on how the presentation looks so far. Yeah. So and, I, and we should mention the fourth round is underway right now. So we right. may, uh, but we're probably not going to mention that. So, uh, but continue. Yeah. So I mean, I've never watched the draft front to back without a break before. Like I've I've watched it kind of out of the corner of my eye, but I've never like sat in front of the TV and and actually paid attention to every single second of the draft, which. I did pretty. I pretty much did that on the first round, uh, first round coverage. And part of the reason why is because we had a gambling thing set up where each person gets to ha- like make a the first choice each round, and then you kind of snake through it. So like we had four people doing it, right? So if you're first in the draft order, you pick first for on the first pick, second on the second pick, third, and like each pick that you get right, you get I think it was eight bucks. So something like that, but whatever it was, it kept us engaged the entire time and yelling at each other. We did a zoom thing. So we were doing it kind of just like the NFL submitting our picks. Uh, and it was fun. I woke up hungover for Friday. How, what about you? So How what did, did you, you enjoy it? I watched it on the couch. Okay. Uh, I, in the interest of full disclosure, I watched mostly the ABC version of the draft. Okay. Uh, not the ESPN version. One Trey Wingo just fucking irritates me. Okay. Um, and two, I I watched it on ABC because I thought it would be a little more like storyteller-ish so mm. I could convince my fiance to watch it with me so she uh, wouldn't hate me all afternoon. I see. And she hung around for the first like 10 picks. It, in reality, though, the ABC version was very interesting because it was like hosted by the college game day guys. Yeah, that's so interesting. So it was a lot more about college football um, than, than about it was. Pro. It's more yeah, about I mean, the players than the teams. Yes, which exactly. So it was less about like what Detroit needs on their field, but more about like how this particular player, what he does well and what he's done for years and how they know him. And it was really good. Yeah, that is I, cool. I really li- I liked it. Um, and they didn't do the thing that ESPN did, which was like whenever I'd flip back to the ESPN coverage, which I right. watched a little bit more of on Friday. Uh, they did like a lot of like exterior shots and drone shots of like the ESPN campus. Because they, you know, didn't have another place to be. They needed fillers. Um, yeah, and like the the floating graphics and lots of stuff, and it just like it was weird and lame to me. You thought so, huh? Yeah, I, so I didn't I thought the realize ABC there, footage was actually better. I didn't watch any of the ABC. I watched just ESPN, so I was unaware there was another option or a different format of the presentation. I thought well, ESPN yeah, did a I really guess, good job. I guess ESPN and and NFL Network are just just combined their forces this year, mm-hmm. so. But it is weird that the ABC thing is is totally separate. Like it's basically the same. It, it's a different version of the draft with different people talking and uh, different video packages and different graphics. It, it's just weird that they like consolidated forces, but then they still did their own. You um, know, one thing that kind of irritated me at the very beginning about the players is they are all wearing their stupid Beats headphones with like their parents sitting around like they were ignoring them those with are, their headphones in. Brad, those are those are Bose headphones. That's product that is NFL product placement. Bose. So they're Bose headphones. At first it annoyed me and then I realized they're probably getting like information about what's going to happen next if they're like a pick or things like that and they've got a camera crew in there and all sorts of stuff. Like maybe they needed it to be a private channel of communication and that's why they're ignoring all of their loved ones and and friends. Uh, yeah, I don't buy, I don't believe either that, that or they're all because, just stupid millennials. I I couldn't tell which. Yeah, I think it may be the latter. I just like <laughs> if if ESPN needed to get into the house yeah. or like pass a message along, like couldn't dad wear the headset or somebody else like 
You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why would you put the why would you put the burden on a 19 year old kid who's or 21 or whatever 20 year old year old kid whose life is about to change to like, hey, uh, your your lighting setup isn't very good in there. Can you can you rejigger that? Like, that's just not. I don't think that's what they're doing. They got camera crews in there to do all that stuff. No, I don't think they had crews. I think they just had one camera guy. Uh, no, I don't think there are any camera guys. Oh I think they no, just it's set them Charlie. Up. Charlie, stop it, Charlie. Uh, no, I don't think there were any camera guys. I think Charlie's draft had... stock is tanking right now. Come on, Charles. No, she's good. Come here, Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> so, so my overall perspective, though, I was impressed, man. That's not an easy uh, yes and, package to put together, right? Like, I would assume that a lot of people. Draft? Yeah, it's a lot easier just to shit on ESPN. We do yeah. that a ton here, and. I can't really do it. I thought they did a nice job considering the, the circumstances. Same. I thought the tone and the the packages that they did with the national anthem and the all the sort of tribute stuff that the that that the NFL does uh were the right tone. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know My I only mean, complaint is the length of time between picks is painful, especially in the very first like I mean it took maybe an hour and fifteen minutes to get to the top fifteen. It, you know, like the top 10, maybe even like an hour and a half. There were at times I was frustrated with how long it was taking to get a pick out because there just wasn't any more things for them to say besides just showing Joe Burrow highlights or whatever yeah, it is. Right. It's always like that. But it but like generally asking people you know, to l l watch that thing closely for four hours is a big ask is what I think. Like you that, can't get that done in two hours. And that's the difference between the big crowd. Because last year you're waiting for ten minutes for them to to pick Joe Burrow. We know they're gonna pick Joe Burrow, but they show you these camera shots of uh, five hundred thousand people in Nashville that are drunk and jumping up and down, and you got yeah. live music. Like it's, they ESPN did not have the ability to do that stuff this year. It's just more of Michael Irvin talking, and yeah. so yeah. But I mean, first of all, when they say the Bengals are on the clock, just put the pick in. Why are you waiting ten minutes? Right. That's I, mean, I think I'm it's saying. all a TV thing, but oh, definitely. Yeah, no, they, I do. Agree. I mean, four hours of airtime. How much commercials can you get in there? And you've got your Bose headphones product placement, and you've got whatever else it is that you're you're promoting there, and like the time, like the little bar at the bottom. You've got there's all sorts of dollars getting stacked as every minute that goes by. So I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's a, something that they're trying to monetize. But as a consumer product, I I would found myself a little bit bored and if there was anything else to do I probably would have done it but there wasn't they had me so I watched yeah well we'll get to the the actual draft because you know you're right like the first two picks were set in stone and it did Everybody and it took exactly like 45 minutes for those two yeah so anyways that and was then my ESPN complaint. also does the thing where they say the draft starts at seven o'clock yeah. central but the first pick doesn't actually happen till like 7 30 and the second, like it's eight o'clock before the first like meaningful pick happens. That's right. Yeah, basically. before pick three. Yeah, exactly. And so by the time that like I was, uh, I, I was a little distracted. But I mean, like I said, there's just not really anything else going on. So it's not like I, there's something to pull my attention away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I watched point. it. It's like what the fuck else am I gonna do? But like you were, you know, the draft is is quintessential like second screen stuff. Yeah. Like, exactly. It's, the best it's the best background noise TV show in the world. Exactly. Like because you can get the da 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 It's like baseball. Like there's no action except for like one one hit happens every couple of innings and like you can see it out of the corner of your eye, you look up, it's exciting, then you know 
Yeah, you hear the announcer scream. Exactly. Well, like you eat that little ESPN noise. Da, 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 exactly. Da, 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 like. Now it's like, oh, I guess I need to see who they're picking. Damn, I like, love it, that it's, noise. It's such, it's so it like really Havelock's dogs. Like I immediately salivate. I'm like, ooh, what's happening over there? Yeah, me too. I love it. It's one of the best things about the draft and just about sports in general. Whoever made that it's jingle, awesome. genius. Yeah, it really is a great thing. But it is, so like the show, the, the draft is quintessential. Just I'm going to scroll on Instagram for four, five hours tonight and uh, have this on in the background. But... Yeah, it was interesting. That almost you describes exactly the... what I did, except for I drank three-fourths of a Boda box because it took so damn long. But yeah, a little bit, of, yeah, little bit too much go wine on. going down. It was a work night, It too. was one of those deals where I, I convinced the fiancé to watch it with me because <laughs> I was like, this is exciting. Everybody's watching. She's like, yeah, all my friends are watching. I'm like, cool. And then we're an hour into it, or it's like before the, you know, <laughs> it's supposed to start at 7. Right. There have been two picks before 8. Right. At nine o'clock, it's been going on for two hours, and we're like nine or ten picks in. And she's like, "How long is this going to go?" I'm like, "A lot longer." Exactly, and <laughs> a, so a whole lot longer. We we put a hundred dollars in each. We were doing that gambling thing I was telling you about, and I had to wait till pick thirty two to go to bed. It's like midnight. I've drinking a whole bunch of wine. I wake up in the morning, not in the best shape. Not in the best shape. Yeah, uh, you know. I will say you got to give the NFL and ESPN some credit. Certainly. I thought the packages, the you know, they said at the end that they raised eighty-five million dollars for charity. That's I mean, insane. I don't know how. I don't know what that number really means, but shouts to them for, you know, that's real money. Um, Where'd they get it from? People just making donations they, they throughout the whole thing. They didn't say it. They said that was the thing. He was like, "We raised eighty-five million dollars tonight." Like, I don't know how much of that is corporate donations or matching or people actually doing it. Who knows? That's a but hell of a lot of money. It's, that's a lot of people, and it's a good deed. So shouts to them. But absolutely, as good as that stuff was, the anything involving Roger Goodell was just mostly cringeworthy. You thought Him, so? The I mean, I think he did yeah, any, a pretty decent job for not being a TV personality. For you know, like he kind of well, just yeah. I mean, perhaps he did as well as he could do, right? But he is just so cringy. Like he's when yeah, when he's they have boring. the stuff where he's where he's talking to the the TV behind him where there's 12 people yelling like get the fuck out of here we know those people aren't on a one-way connection uh, you know a two-way connection with Roger Dell yeah he's not the, you know they're looking at the same screen he's looking at and they all that shit's probably pre-recorded it has nothing to do with him trying to do the skull chant it was just it was cringe the other thing is it's really easy to be annoyed by Roger Goodell cuz there's all of this history and stuff that's not that shining on him with with Mm-hmm. You know, all of the different stuff that's going on in the last couple of years with his policies and player punishment and everything else that people say he mismanaged and whatever, the Brady suspension, all that stuff. So, like, it's easy for him to be annoying. So it, it puts him in a pretty tough spot to be, like, an engaging person with that the, that amount of space to fill with interesting, you know, conversation, whatever, dialogue. So I thought he did pretty good, all things considered, because I wasn't that annoyed with him. That was that's kind of my takeaway. I just think he's so wooden and such a weird dude. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's just there's just something very strange about him. And but him yelling at the, telling people to boo him, just like tone it down. I, like I know this is fake. That was the easiest thing um, to predict of all time. Like I I knew right off, I knew before the coverage he was going to make a joke about people in New York booing him. Yeah. When they had the commercial about it too, like pri- queued up before the first pick with him, like with the dog, um, 
But, you know, I don't know. I, I give ESPN credit for trying. Certainly. Like, having that sound, having the sound of fans behind it, like, kind of made it seem like a little bit bigger deal. Or, you know, I, I don't know. Nice production. I, I don't know. How, I, like, especially the first day. I just wish, like, by day two, they would have, like, gotten rid of some of the corniest shit. Like, this isn't working, Raj. Yeah. Let, Dude, don't, let's not treat everyone like they're total fucking idiots, you know? Agreed. So let's get into the draft itself now that we've thoroughly well, before unpacked we do, I just wanted the to, production. Just a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Okay. Obviously, Jerry Jones being on a $250 million fucking super yacht is such a weird flex. Uh, I just I can't believe that. Of all of the places he could draft, the dude lives, I'm sure he lives in a $10 million mansion. Why does he have to go to his fucking two hundred fifty million dollar yacht? Why would you do that? You think he's been Why? living on that the yacht Wi-Fi... since the uh, since the coronavirus hit? That's the most I mean, that's quarantined possible. way you could be. You're you got water separated yeah, he's from just, that shit. He's just separate from all other people. He probably has a fucking hospital built on the second floor of that thing. <laughs> like it may be the most secure place on earth. He's got like a hundred ventilators just in in the closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like I just don't know how good the Wi-Fi is going to be on that thing, but. Obviously, it worked for Jerry. Uh, Bill Belichick was out in his house in Nantucket. There was a great shot yesterday. It said Bill Belichick on the the super, the lower third graphic, mm-hmm. and he wasn't there. It was just his dog sitting at the two laptops. <laughs> uh, his dog is named Nike, by the way. Really? Yeah. How about that product but placement? I, I liked Belichick's just general vibe. Out in, uh, Speaking of vibe, how about Cliff Kingsbury and the fucking the shot of him sitting there with fucking loafers <laughs> and no socks on? <laughs> Uh, with like screens everywhere in his fucking super modern house. It was so on it was brand. Just so baller. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. He is apparently a modern day playboy. Owns, yeah. Apparently it's a $4.5 million crib he bought. Oh, shocker. It looks fucking dope. It looked like there was yeah, a country club shots. in his backyard. I also saw some shots of uh, Sean McVay on the second, because I, I don't, I guess the Rams didn't have a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his house looks super fucking dope too. And as it should be. Young dude out in LA. Yeah, get real. Uh, but not as the Kingsbury is just incredible. It's like a work of art. Agreed. Uh, Andy Reid was down in his basement wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and Looking there was an elliptical fat. machine behind him. Yeah. And there was just one piece of art on the wall, and it was a, a painting of a cow, which is dope. <laughs> uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, of course, sort of like had one of the strangest things going on. There was a guy in a spandex suit, and another guy, and then there was someone I didn't notice who that. appeared to be sitting. There was appeared to be someone sitting on a toilet, uh, <laughs> texting. It was so weird. Are you kidding and me? I, how did I not see no, that? No, I don't know if he did on the second round, but he definitely did on the first round. There's just a dude in a spandex suit. I think it's. It looks like his kids are just like dressed up like assholes, just fooling around. But I wanted to see this guy yeah, on the toilet. Twitter, That's funny. Yeah, there, it it appears there's a guy on a toilet, <laughs> which is pretty funny. This is what America uh, does when they're this bored. They. They ha- break down every frame of the NFL draft and find people sitting on toilets texting on their phones. Oh yeah, well the draft is always an awesome Twitter thing. Yeah, this was it's a good community all timer, right? Yeah, yeah. Internet this was community, an I mean. Yeah. Yes, of course. So it was uh, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. All right. Well, let's let's talk a little football. Let's actually. talk draft. Um, so obviously, as expected, Joe Burrow goes number one. Chase Young goes number two. Those were basically set in stone. The draft really started with the third pick, uh, Detroit taking Jeff Okunda. I believe is how you say his name. He's a corner from Ohio State. Uh, I was calling which, him Okuda. 
But Okuda. Okada yeah, that's, sounds that's right, too, yeah. whatever. Anyhow, yeah. He's, you know, it fit a need. Uh, unfortunately, he is, I believe he's the highest picked uh, cornerback since like the 70s. Yeah. Like Deion Sanders didn't go number three. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on this dude. Yeah, and they say and that's like the hardest position to get up to speed quickly on. Like it takes a couple years to be a se- like a season, like a, a whatever. Yeah, a very rarely play. does a, a rookie come out and play, just become a lockdown corner. Exactly. Or I don't know if that ever happens. But anyway, if you if you think this guy's a stud, you go get him. But it seemed a little interesting. Uh, so, New York took an offensive tackle yeah, at four. That was actually the biggest surprise to me is that Worf's guy, he was supposed to be the top tackle, and I had like slotted him in there at four. He didn't get picked there, and then there was a couple other tackles, maybe three or four others ta- taken before him. He ended up going to the Buccaneers at 13. That was kind of like the first real big like uh, mix-up that I had not seen coming, and like nobody that I had read about like as a pre-coverage, draft coverage, whatever, had predicted that either. So it was, that was where kind of things shook up for me. Yeah, the uh, not a surprise the Giants took a t- took a tackle, but that they they took this one who wasn't seen as the top tackle by most people. His name is Thomas, right? Uh, but he they're saying one he's very anonymous good, offensive obviously. line coach said he's quote not an ass kicker, and he only had 21, 21 bench press reps at the combine for whatever that's Ooh, soft. But the Giants want a tackle; they took their top tackle. I mean, you can't get mad about that. The more interesting is is picks five and six. Absolutely. Tua goes number five to the Dolphins, uh, who shockingly haven't had a Pro Bowl quarterback in 24 years since 1995, Dan Marino, which is fucking amazing. Uh, they need Tua to be the guy. There was a lot of smoke. There was a lot of misdirection. You take Tua. The, there's this, this is a no-brainer, and they deserve credit for taking the guy. They tanked for Tua we all year. We talked about this. Yeah. It was tanked exactly. for Tua. We talked about this. Exactly. We we talked about it extensively in our preview, but you're right. Like Miami was talking tank for Tua all season long. They did it all year, they, and then they ended up beating the Patriots at the last game of the year or whatever and screwed up their chances for tanking for Tua, and then it ended up working out for him anyways because the dude busted up his, his hip. So Yeah, they still got him. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, sometimes obviously there's it injury issues, out. but I like it. I'm, I'm happy. Certainly. And shouts to Tua. He gets to go be a quarterback in Miami. That sounds dope. That'll do. Uh, you know who's not happy? Just Rosenhaus. Is his name Rosenhaus? What's the what's the yeah. the redhead kid's name? Yeah. Oh, Rosen. 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 Yeah, I was thinking of it. that's the uh, agent. Rosen. Uh, Josh yeah. Drew. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah. Damn, I'm stumbling here. But yeah, he's uh that poor guy. What was he picked tenth overall by uh, Arizona like two <laughs> years ago? Then he gets outbid oh, yeah, by the that. first pick in the whole draft. Last year, and Kyler Murray, they send him to Miami, and then Tua comes. Like this kid never got one chance. I mean, he maybe got like three or four like games with the shittiest Arizona team ever, and now he's out. well, and he got three or four games with the shittiest Miami team ever too. So yeah, what is? I mean, yeah, it's we'll pretty see. rough. It's rough career, yeah, that's, bud. That's tough. Uh, Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon, ends up going to the Chargers at six. Um, no surprises. You know, there. Philip Rivers is gone. Not surprised that they're taking a quarterback, but we'll see. They have Tyrod Taylor. I like that, the, too, because uh, I think Herbert's going to need a little bit of time to kind of come into maturity or whatever. Like, I wouldn't want to throw him in immediately. I think he's a super talent, but I wouldn't want to shoot his confidence right off the bat. And so Ty- Tyrod Taylor is a, a seasoned vet that can kind of show him the ropes and how to be a professional and, and then get him in mid-year towards the end of the next year. Uh, and I think that works really well for him. So 
I think that's a good spot for Herbert. Yeah. Uh, we'll just keep moving. Yeah. Carolina, Carolina takes a defensive tackle. Uh, Arizona picks Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, that guy was uh, supposed to be bad. Outside linebacker from Clemson, which is universally thought that this is going to be this is a great pick. He runs like a four uh, three, right? Yeah, he's stupid fast. He's and basically huge. played everywhere, all over the field. Uh, he was successful as an edge runner. He can play or an edge uh, rusher. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. He lined up at corner a lot at Clemson. Like this guy can do everything. He's a potential superstar. Yeah, and. Uh, they got him at, at eight. So big shouts to Cliff, just you know, living in his mansion, living the fucking dream. That house is incredible. Um, Jacksonville takes a corner. C.J. Henderson from Florida. Uh, there's some questions about him. He didn't. I mean, I, I don't know. Florida wasn't necessarily uh, a dominant defense, and uh, you yeah. know, you go, you need. This is a team that drafted for need. They needed a corner. And they went out and got one. So it, it's we'll just see another. It's another cornerback. Like cornerbacks are tough to get into the get into the starting rotation early in their careers. And so to take one in the top ten, you you just know that that guy's not going to be a contributor on day one, probably. Uh, yeah, and so the that's Jags why they traded Jalen Ramsey. Yes. and AJ Boy. Uh, like they've traded their top two corners away. It's just weird to trade away a corner and then go take one. I don't but, know. Um, they're in a you know. Here's the list that they will face this season of quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford. So they had to go get corners. Sounds pretty uh, plus rough. Plus they played Deshaun Watson and Phillip Rivers twice. So, uh, <laughs> Phillip Rivers is yeah. the week off. That one won't be too tough. Uh, Cleveland takes an offensive tackle. Jedrick Wills from Alabama. Uh, you may be seeing a theme here of SEC guys getting picked everywhere. One, two... Three, four. It's essentially going to be Ohio State, Clemson, or SEC. Five. Yeah. The first Six non of the one first of those. Picks. The first pick. Yeah. The first non SEC or uh, Clemson Ohio State pick was eleven with a player out of Louisville going, Makai Beckton. Beckton. Yes. The Which Jets is the next uh, take Beckham Beckton. Beckton. Uh, offensive tackle from Louisville. Again, there's some question about whether this guy is is the best uh, uh, offensive uh, lineman that they could take. So that's the third offensive lineman that went. And there's still Worfs, who's supposed to be the best, on the board. He also had a uh, drug test flagged at the Combine, whatever that means. What what kind of drug? Uh, No one knows. But he's a big dude, 6'7", 364. (laughs) That's a monster. Yeah. Uh, the biggest sort of, to me, one of the biggest sort of like surprises yeah. was Henry Ruggs going 12 to the Raiders, the wide receiver out of Alabama. What do you think uh, about the this? speedster? He ran a four two seven at the, uh, at the combine and was disappointed that he didn't break the all time record. Apparently, um, he, okay. Here's one of the storylines about this draft all okay. along was that this is a, an incredibly strong receiver. wide receiver draft, right? right? And that there are a bunch of them that are first round talents that may go, you know, through the first couple days. Exactly, but there's two clear favorites. Yes, wouldn't you the, say that's the, fair? The, Jerry, Judy, or CD Lamb that's were right. clearly the the, the two top two top. guys in on most boards. Exactly, uh, and Judy especially seemed to be kind of a cut above. That's what that. And was to think too. that another player from Alabama would get picked ahead of him, uh, Rugs there falls to twelve. He's small. 
six foot one ninety five, and, and who knows what he's re- what he really is. He only had, you know, he did average eighteen yards per catch yes. last year, but super efficient. Uh, but the the problem here is is that Carr is the most notorious for doing like dumping off passes and not hitting people long. Like he is not, that's not his strength is hitting speedsters down the the seam or whatever. Like. This guy's big strength is not well, going to clear well with the The other thing we saw the Raiders do is draft. They went wide receiver, safety, wide receiver, wide receiver over the two days. So, I mean, it, which seems like an insane way to operate. Uh, but that's we'll we'll get to that later. You know what this uh, reminded yeah, me of? Yeah, that, that was the first surprise. It What's was that? it's it was Darius Hayward Bay all over again. Like they picked yep. the fastest receiver Speed. as opposed to the most polished or the best prospect just because of speed and like that was the michael crabtree draft they took Hay- hayward bay over him and it was like what and unsurprisingly well, this is, he this didn't is play the, out. the classic raiders al davis thing yes the fastest al most davis athletic would always take the fastest guy and right. they've done it again even though al davis is dead uh <laughs> interesting they did it again uh, tampa trades up to 13 which was weird that they were sitting at 14 and had to trade up to get to 13. Really weird. Uh, ba- basically just gave up a fourth-round pick to get an offensive tackle, uh, Tristan Wirfs. But he was supposed this to be the, the best offensive tackle. This, this is the guy, the guy from Iowa about. who, yeah, was generally considered the most NFL-ready, too, because he's fucking strong as shit, and he's from Iowa. These dudes are always <laughs> ready to just play. Um, so, you know, and, and uh, it seems like a great pick. Go put a, a big left tackle out there to, to defend Tom Brady. People on our uh, he, our Zoom video were like, "Has this Worf guy? Did he just test positive for crack? Like, what happened to this guy? How did he fall to thirteen? Um, but I mean, it's a beautiful pick for Tom Brady to have some protection here. Yeah, assuming he can step in and won't make too many mistakes, he seems to. You he's know, the best. As we he's said. the best tackle on the board, and they got him at thirteen with three other tackles going before him. So, like, that's a huge win for for Tampa Bay, in my opinion." even though they just tossed off a, a fourth-round pick to get him, but shouts to him to move up one spot. Uh, the Niners sit at 14. They select uh, Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina. Uh, Niners had previously traded DeForest Buckner to right. the Colts for the 13th pick and then moved down to 14 and picked his replacement. I I guess that's good, assuming this guy can play. Then I, I think then it's smart good. because... Buckner is going to have a big contract. Ken Law's coming in. He'll help you on a rookie contract. He's a super talent. He's a monster. Uh, I don't think he'll be as good as Buckner. Obviously, he's he's unpolished. He's not a, a seasoned veteran. But that saves a lot on the cap. And then you've also gained some assets here. I think it's pretty savvy. I like it. Yeah. 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 Let me say this. The Niners know what they're doing. I think so. Uh, Lynch is the guy's name, right? Yes. John he, Lynch. Yeah, John Lynch. He's been picking up picks, just cheap ones, all over the place. Yeah. And I think this is this is Stock a good pilot. move. I mean, this is smart. You get they, The Colts paid Buckner a hell of a lot of money. Now, Buckner had only missed one game in four seasons. He was durable. He was, he was very good. He was good. Yes. But, you know, this guy's going to cost you a fraction of the money, and, and hopefully he can step up and be as productive. Right. Um, and they know what they're doing. I mean, just, and that just defensive down line and picking is picking up a fourth rounder too. is there's value there. Uh, the the Broncos took uh, Judy at 15. Uh, shouts to Jerry Judy, who was wearing a star of David Chain. Did you notice that? No, but we forgot to talk about Henry Ruggs' robe. Also, oh yeah, how about that robe? 
But yeah, okay, so Jerry well, Judy's wearing a star. But then they, they did interview him on ABC, uh-huh. and they were like, I got to ask you about the robe. And he was like, oh, well, shouts to my friends at All uh, at What is it? All Spice? Um, <laughs> Old Spice. Old Spice gave him and it? He, I thought it was like a Bellagio robe, and he got it from Las Vegas. That would have been so gangster. No, it said Old Spice, so uh, it, it was a product placement. And... Uh, well, anyway. nobody you couldn't you couldn't tell, but he said it on the air. Yeah, they were like, "We got to ask about the robe because nobody saw the logo." And he was like, "Well, <laughs> you know, my friends at Old Spice delivered this, so I wanted to be cool or whatever." And I was like, "Ah, yeah." He's like, "I, I, I, I mean, cashed I a check, I've baby." I've heard that. I've heard these guys are getting fined for having brands like they're like that aren't official NFL brands. Ah, but I'm sure that Old Spice will pay for the difference. Like that dude, that dude's gonna get a check for them. So smart marketing shouts to him. So then Jerry Judy, getting, the other. Alabama wide receiver. He had a star of David, you said? Yeah, he had a big star of David chain. Is that weird? Which because is he Jewish or is this because well, his name is Judy? That's what we were all like, calling him, the Judy. I don't know. I, we were we were making I Jew mean, jokes. Maybe that's what he's doing. I'll I'll tell you I mean That's tight. Big shouts to Jerry Judy and big shouts to Drew Locke, who got yeah. his big weapon. I mean, this guy they the Broncos desperately needed a wide receiver, and they basically got the top guy. The the Drew uh, Jew connection, sports. I like it. Yeah, Drew and Jew. Um, I think they drafted a wide receiver later too. But um, shouts to you know that's the guy they got him um, at fifteen. Moving on to sixteen, AJ Terrell, the corner from Clemson. Um, they the Falcons needed a, a cornerback. They released Marcus or Desmond Trufant. Uh, so we'll see if, if he's ready, which, you know, these guys from Clemson know how to play. They're Ooh, well coached. They're ready. Hold on. I got something for you here. So I, I wanted you to do. see what the, uh, the second receiver they picked up was the, uh, the Denver Broncos they're in their for their second pick in the second round, they took KJ Hamler out of Penn state. And now just now they took tight end out of Missouri, Albert. Oh, I Ooh. can't say his last name. So I just wanted to stop you and let you know, oh, we got Drew Locke yeah. and Albert. O re, uh, reunited. Oh, shit. I mean, it, it, there we'll talk about uh, some of the team strategy on the second and third round picks a little bit later, but it's very interesting to me. I don't know if it's smart, and I'm not sure that it is, truthfully. <laughs> uh, okay. If you're Denver and you know that you've got to play, you've got to find a way to beat Patrick Mahomes twice a year for the next 10 years. Yeah, and but that you're not stockpiling defensive offense. assets? Well, like maybe you you get a power running game and you try and make the game shorter and you get some defensive players. Um, but obviously, John Elway just said like, if they're going to score thirty five, we're going to score thirty six. Yeah, he says take it our, to the we've air. We got our quarterback. Yeah, it's, so it's an interesting strategy. It's yeah. like here we let's fucking go. Here's here's our guys. They ser- they've um, got a good defense. So I mean, they've got some stars on the defensive line and all that. So that's they they can at least put up some resistance but you're right they're gonna <laughs> play the most potent offense in nfl history arguably many times for the next couple of years so yeah. we'll see cowboys at 17 takes cd lamb the wide receiver from oklahoma Ooh, i am what a pick. fucking rock hard uh no i mean this dude is an explosive monster and basically he's gonna be lined up on the third corner against most teams with amari cooper and michael gallup uh, in front of him. He uh, very well could be the best agency. receiver in this draft, and it was a monstrous receiver draft. After the catch, yeah. he's incredible. He's an incredible return man. He is incredibly a explosive. Huge pick. 32 touchdowns in 41 games at Oklahoma. Like, I mean, does it help the defense? No. But is this guy a beast? <laughs> yes. 
Was the plan and, to take uh, him? No, but he was there. So did they take him? Hell yeah. Yeah, this was very clear. When you were just watching Jerry and his fucking mega yacht, the big fucking smile on his face, like it was clear he's not getting that excited for a defensive tackle. Like you could just tell he's like, we have to take this guy. And I definitely you know, you kind of, I don't know if you give the Cowboys credit or you call him stupid uh, for sticking to the board. They, that Lamb was like their fifth, fifth overall player and they got him at 17. They had no choice but to draft him. Um, they did. I agree. But I, I love the guy. I think he's a, a monster. He's explosive. He's, you know, and I think he can step in and, and produce day one with Prescott. So absolutely. They're going to be great, uh, man. That offense is going to be so disgusting with the three receivers and then, um, the running back, as long as he can stay yeah, out of Zeke. freaking prison. Yeah. Yeah, if they can keep Zeke out of trouble or out of <laughs> quarantine. Uh, 18, or in the quarantine. Dolphins, yeah, the Dolphins take Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle from USC. Uh, you know, again, nobody really knows, but it seems smart. You got That's your a two lot of tackles. Your, That's four or five off the tackle. board in the top 20. Yep. Uh, the Raiders with their second pick, I guess it's not a safety. They took da- Damon Ar- Arnett, mm-hmm. not David Arquette. <laughs> uh, cornerback from Ohio State. They needed a corner, but a lot of people had him with a third round grade. Yeah, this guy did not perform well at the combine. Uh, he he looks good on tape from everything I've gathered, but did not perform at the combine. And people just seem universally to think he has the, that the Raiders brain trust is is reaching here for need. Uh, that this guy was not quite is not a first round pick. Huh. He only had five picks in four seasons at Ohio State, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, that's what the big knock on him was, is that he didn't have many picks. But uh, And he's not very fast. But So they, which is weird, because they took the fast guy with their first pick. Right. Uh, the Jags at 20 take Clavion Chasen, uh, the outside linebacker from LSU. Uh-huh. This guy's a monster. Um, that was an admirable so, attempt at his name. Clavion. Uh, I got nothing. He was basically the best pass rusher left on the board. We talked last episode about Yannick Nganu or whatever the guy's name is, mm-hmm. uh, the defensive end who's been feuding with the uh, the owner and the owner's son. It, basically, you just <laughs> took his replacement. So right, um, that'll shut smart. him up. Yeah, go get the guy. Um, the Eagles at twenty one took Jalen Rager, another wide receiver. This one out of TCU. This guy. Um, He's another dynamic he's a, guy that's a returner that's very good after the catch. Um, he's a solid pick. I don't know, though, man. I really like Justin Jefferson, who went right after him. I, that, I mean, the guy at LSU who had such production. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. That was the question. Is he better than Justin Jefferson? That's the uh, question. Jefferson goes 22 to Minnesota. Uh, Jefferson was much more productive. He led the NCAA in receptions last season. Uh he goes to Minnesota. Minnesota, of course, got rid of Stefan Diggs so earlier, training the to Buffalo fill. this offseason. I think that's a pick huge his pick at 22. I think that's a really good pick. I think Justin Jefferson's amongst the uh, elite in this in this wide receiver class, so I, I think he was a great pick, especially that, yeah. that spot. And they needed him. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, shouts to the Vikings. I, I like that. I like that. I mean, the guy had 111 receptions last year. Uh, all of them from the slot, which is interesting, and 17 touchdowns. I mean, yeah. fuck. Go get the guy. Monster. Uh, the Chargers at 23. This is a trade. From, 
the New England traded down. The Chargers trade up to take Kenneth Murray, an inside linebacker from Alabama. How many New England um, fans do, were you talking to New England fans at all when you were during the draft? Did you, were you in communication? No, but I know you were. So uh, tell me what Peter, the Irish guy, and, it and gave, they were all just rock hard. They're like, I knew we were going to trade out of the first, you suckers. And it's like, mm, I'm not so sure that's a great thing. I mean, I get it. New England's so smart, and they never get anyone in the first round. Their drafts always suck, and they get people. However, they get people. I, I don't know, man. You you had an opportunity to really pick up a, a very good player here, and I don't know. It it just feels like kind of a wasted opportunity to me. But I, I obviously Bill Belichick is a smarter man than I am, especially in this game. So I uh, I defer. But please quit say acting like you know what he's doing. All of you New England fans out there, because you it's don't. It's so funny that New England fans are like celebrating, blindly celebrating down. something they don't Congrats. really know. What are they going to do with it? I think they're tanking is what they're doing. We'll see. Yeah, we'll spit them. Chargers trade up to get Kenneth Murray, the inside linebacker from Oklahoma. This seems like a bit of a reach. Uh, Why, you know, inside linebacker is not generally a position where there's a lot of first-round picks. Yeah. But they needed it, and uh, they take him. 24, the Saints take Cesar Ruiz, the center from Michigan. Um, They need a center. You go get a center. So, I mean, what else is it? Shouts. It's good. Shouts to them. Uh, The Niners... Uh, are at 25. This is a pick from Minnesota. I don't know if they traded up or down to get this one. So the weird uh, thing was is that the Niners took a defensive tackle uh, at 14 when they had all mm-hmm. of those big time receivers on the board, and it makes sense here. They they got you know um, one of the very very good receivers in this draft out of Arizona State. Brandon, how do you say his last name? Ayuk. Yeah, Ayuk works for me. He had a uh, a very productive year at Arizona State and was a monster. So I I think maybe that they're thinking he is. On, on par with Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb and Ruggs, I suppose. So they wanted to fill a defensive spot where Buckner left. Now they've got that uh, receiver spot that they've picked up with Brandon Ayuka guy. Nice. Did they trade up to get that pick? Yeah, with, um, with Minnesota. I wonder if they gave away like the fourth rounder they got earlier to go up to get Maybe it. that's what it was. Um, that would make a lot of so, sense. So they get Ayuka to pair him next to young Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, wait, no. Oh, Emmanuel Sanders left to go to the Saints and free That's agency. Right. So, they, so he's they replacing need a wide Sanders. receiver. But they, they move up and they get Ayuk, which... It seems know. so smart, though. Like, if you look at it more closely, they every piece that they let go, they've got a very solid young prospect to come in and fill that space. So I like it, man. Sanders is aging. Buckner's expensive. They found guys to take those spots, and they did it pretty efficiently. So I liked it. Shouts no, 49ers. Uh, at 26, we have what I think is the biggest story of the first round. Absolutely. The Packers take Jordan Love, the QB from Utah State. Uh, they trade up with the Texans um, to get to 26 to take Jordan Love in mm-hmm. what was a shocking development uh, in every way. And Aaron Rodgers uh, Aaron, pissed. I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is pissed. Aaron Rodgers is notoriously pissed off all the time. Yeah, he's pouty. Like he. He's a world-class grunge, uh, grudge holder, apparently. Uh, he's going to use this as a slight. We'll see if, you know, every everything I've read is that he'll treat Jordan Love better than, than Brett Favre treated him. He's <laughs> not going to be mad at Jordan Love. He's going to be mad at the organization. Um, it just but it is crazy. a very similar situation when he came in, and Brett Favre, I think, was like maybe a year younger than he is now. So I think Favre was a year older, but... Is that what it was? 
Well, I don't know. They were it's about, close. I think, I think they were Favre was 35 and, and Rodgers is 36 now. So it's something like that. They're very close but in like, age. I don't and they understand. draft a replacement in the first round. Aaron Rodgers has four more years. Like he's he's going to be a great player for a long time still. And the way that the, the rules are, you know, we see these older quarterbacks playing Drew Brees and, yeah. and Brady. and As long as you can keep them clean in the pocket, right? Apparently, LaFleur cool. and uh, Rodgers do not get along. And but the Aaron Rodgers pick when they pick Rodgers, Rodgers could have been a top five pick, and he fell to like twenty six or whatever. Yeah, like and and they had no choice but to take him. They traded up to go get this guy. Right, it's it seems reckless. I um, totally agree. And there's very good offensive linemen here on the board. Still, there's a ton of talent still left on the board here. Like there's you should be building around Rodgers as opposed to getting something that will replace him. Is what I would what the common criticism is here. Um, and then the other criticism, like, did you really have to trade up to 26? Couldn't you have just stayed at 30 and gotten this guy? Like, do we really believe that Seattle Seattle was at 27? Seattle's not taking him. Baltimore's, Baltimore's at 28. Him. They're not taking him. Tennessee's Tennessee at 29, and they're not going to take him. They so might. it just They just signed Tannehill to a deal. Like, I just don't understand why they traded up to get this guy. I think uh, that Tennessee would have took him. That's what I think. Interesting. I think they would have taken him and had a backup plan if Tannehill ended up being not Tannehill. quite what he was last year. Yeah. Uh, well, so that's obviously the biggest shocker. It just seems forced. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sold on – I mean, I, I don't know. Let's not act like you or I have seen plenty of Utah State games. but <laughs> I've nobody, never seen Jordan Nobody Love seems play. to think this guy is the second coming. Right. Um, well, they he think he's like good. like a borderline first-round pick all along, and it just seems weird you trade up to go get him, guy, when – your best, you know, this is going to piss off your best player. It sounds it's like just, he's a poor man's Patrick Mahomes. Like he's elusive, he's fast, he's got a gun, but he's just not. You know, he's obviously not as good as Mahomes. Nobody is, but it sounds like a very poor man's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's a good point. Seattle takes Jordan Brooks, the inside linebacker from Texas Tech. Of course, everyone makes a joke. Texas Tech just had a first round pick on defense, um, which they did at a critical and position. The quarterback of the defense. The big question in, about this pick is then uh, shared in the next pick. Baltimore takes Patrick Queen, the inside linebacker from LSU, with 28. Queen. Uh, so you have back-to-back inside linebackers. And generally, Queen was the guy who was ranked number one on, on most boards that I saw. So uh, so for our gambling and, deal, if you if no one of the – we had four people doing the draft, and if no one picked the correct pick, that then it rolled over – and we had six picks in a row roll over, and I got Queen right. It netted me like 30 bucks. It was pretty cool. Wow, so you had him like projected at 22, and he ends up falling to 28? No, so like each round, right? So we're in round, or, I oh, mean, oh, sorry, each oh, pick. So we're I like see, 27, nobody picked Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech to go to Seattle. So because no one picked him to go in their, the four picks that we were we made, the money rolls into the next round. So we're on the pick 28 for Baltimore, the first person who's, you know, it switches order each round. So you well, pick shouts, who you think is going to happen, Patrick right? Queen. Yeah, so Queen's, Queen, you earn me some money. Queen. Like uh, it. He's a little undersized, but other than that, this guy seems to be a star all over the place. Yeah. So shouts to him. Very productive season. Uh, the Titans season take an too. offensive tackle from Georgia, Isaiah Wilson. The, um, Georgia must have had a sick offensive line between that guy and the, the one that went early at four. Uh, Thomas Andrew Thomas. So this dude's six seven three fifty. Good God, what a monster! Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins take 
uh, in a, their third pick. This Did a bachelorette party just show up at your house? I don't know what's happening. It sounds like I think Caitlin is actually joining like a virtual bachelorette party or something. Oh, and sounds she's wild. Doing a lot of yeah. Oh, she's a, a wedding shower. I just heard her say, "I'm having a great time at your shower." Um, okay, okay. Yeah. We'll keep the on dolphins. Going. Dolphins take cornerback Noah Inga Inga uh, <laughs> That's as bad as good as you could do. Yeah. Uh, sure. They need a corner. You go get one. That was a Green Bay trade. He's only 20 years old, um, so and he's only played corner for two seasons, so he may take a little time. But I think still he came tanking, in as so. a receiver or something when he came out of yeah. high school and ended up being a really, really great uh, uh, press corner, corner or whatever. So. That's, exactly, that's exactly right. So, yeah. Uh, 31, Minnesota took cornerback Jeff Gladney from TCU. Uh, they needed a corner, so TCU's had a quite a few players picked in the first yeah, and they second. Sure did. Yeah, uh, and then the last pick, another sort of wow pick. Yeah, this the Chiefs me. take wide receiver or running no. back. Yeah, LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And they uh, talked about how good this guy was going into the national championship, and like how critical he was to the LSU offense. But he didn't have the kind of acclaim that you, like any of the three top running backs in this draft had. So it was really a shock to see him go as the first running back off the board, don't you think? Yeah, it was a little surprising. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift were both considered, you know, more Well, sure and then J.K. Dobbins. And Dobbins. El- Ohio State, who I thought was the best of the, the whole class. So it was interesting. But uh, I, it, the other thing is, like, you just saw two Super Bowl teams win. Who are the starting running backs for the 49ers and Chiefs? Do you know? Of course not. Nobody knows who these guys are. They both started, <laughs> you know, and, and you would think that that, you know, it, it, there were no other running backs taken in the first round. So, yeah, no, that was is, a common deal. Like he was, the you very know, first that was kind of to be 30. expected. It seems weird. And I had several of my Chiefs uh, fan friends said, you know, this is awesome. We've got the guy, uh, you know, he's this, supposed this to be a really could, good pass catcher, which is perfect. Five, for that seven, offense. five, seven, 200 pounds. So he's, you know, maybe Pretty like sturdy. Darren Sproles and he can go, you know, he's a little thicker, you know, Emmett Smith size guy Two go, can catch the football, do a bunch of things. But one of the, the guys on the group chat said, yeah, but if we would have lost the Super Bowl, would I like this pick? <laughs> Probably not. And that's an interesting thing. to, to That's think a good about. take. Yeah, that is an interesting take. They're They're playing with borrowed money now. And they are. But yeah, exactly. They did win the Super Bowl, so it doesn't really matter. Um, that offense is going to be sick again. It was going to be sick before they took this guy, and I think he's going to be a big boy, and I think he's going to be an immediate factor in fantasy football too. Like, I, that's a that one is I'm salivating over for fantasy football purposes. Uh, that scares me. The way that you know he seems like one of these guys who could score four touchdowns the first week and then not yes. score another touchdown till week six. I'm with you. They're going to have a back by committee type deal. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. But uh, good point. Interesting. All right, let's so talk about a couple round. other. Yeah, we won't go pick. Or how do pick, you want to do it? Well, I just want to kind of talk about some other themes here. Okay. Uh, the Bears selected a tight end with in the second round, uh, and it is now the tenth tight end on their uh, roster. <laughs> Cole Komet. Don't they? Yeah. Didn't they pick up uh, the guy out of of Green Bay? The old man. What's his name? Uh, they did sign Jimmy, Gr- Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, Jimmy Graham. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Jimmy Graham. But they now have 10 guys on their roster. 
Maybe they can all play <laughs> offensive line. I guess. Uh, very interesting there. Makes no sense. Uh, the the Raiders. I mean, what are the Raiders doing? I have no Just fucking clue. Drafting wide receivers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh hard boy. to find the, a good recap. There there is a, some other news that uh, the Redskins have now agreed to trade uh, perennial Pro Bowl offensive tackle Trent Williams to the Forty Niners, hmm. which is this is a year long dispute. Williams did not play last year, as you recall. Wow, uh, the Redskins traded Williams to San Francisco for a fifth round pick and a thir- this year and a third rounder next year. Considering this guy's one of the best tackles in football, it seems like another steal. These dudes in San Francisco know what they're doing. Well, it's another example of why of New England hooking up Kyle Han- Kyle Shanahan and it, like they did with Garoppolo to begin with, and now they're giving them this high end tackle for not a great return. That's pretty interesting. Apparently, uh, the Redskins nearly reached a deal with Minnesota on Friday. Reportedly, Williams said he didn't want to play there, but then he put out a statement and he denied that. So whatever that means. I got a storyline for you here. Williams Williams will be reunited with Kyle Shanahan, who was the offense coordinator with the Redskins in 2010 when he was drafted. Huh. That's interesting. So Baltimore so took J.K. Trade. Dobbins, the running back I was talking about out of Ohio State. So they're they're going to have that nasty quarterback. They're going to have J.K. Dobbins. They're going to have a couple other backs in their field. They're going to be good, man. They're, it's, it's going to be it's a nasty. A, a bit of a head scratcher to me that you would you do. that you would go up and get, you know, spend a, a pick that high on a running back on a running back. Considering I like the, the it. running. The, the offense that they had last year. I mean, obviously, they're going to run the shit out of the football, but they already had some stud backs, and yeah. I don't know. They did a have a, a bunch of good backs, so it is interesting. I like it. Okay, uh, what, what else you got? Go to Vegas here. There were a couple other things that jumped off the table. The Eagles took Jalen Hurts uh, in the second round. That is an quarterback out of Oklahoma by way of Alabama, which is sort of a weird one for me. Like they paid, they've they paid uh, what's his name, Wentz a million dollars or millions of dollars, I should say, way many more millions. than one million, yeah, many millions, and to go up and take a second round pick seems weird to me. Like I know that that maybe it's they think Hertz can play in other places uh, and can kind of be a slash kind of guy, but you know. Wentz has been hurt a lot, and so I mean, now you're sort of asking for for trouble. I don't know. It seems strange to me. I mean, they, they it was a backup quarterback that led them to the Super Bowl in the year that they won a couple years ago. Like, and they don't have a backup at this point that's that's any good. So, I mean, it makes sense to have somebody as a backup, and he, I I think is a pretty good value where they got him at. Um, I don't know. I think that he was never I, – I didn't think Hertz was going to be a starter in the league, but I thought he'd be a very serviceable backup, and that's what they've acquired him to be. So I think that could work. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, the Raiders took, uh, with their pick in the third round, Lynn Bowden, wide receiver out of Kentucky, and then another pick in the third round, Brian Edwards, a wide receiver out, out of South Carolina. Hmm. So that's three SEC wide receivers. And an SEC cor- or no, an Ohio State corner in the first round. Like, why would you? What are they doing? Why do you need that many uh, that many wide receivers? <laughs> it's hard to say. Three in the first three rounds is crazy. Uh, but you know, 
shouts to the Raiders for for doing it. Uh, Arizona seems to be on uh, a pretty good path. People seem to like they they love the Simmons pick in the first round. They got Josh Jones, a big offensive tackle. Uh, people are saying it's a steal from Houston, uh, who would have been a first round pick, but end up falling to uh, the middle of the second round. Mm-hmm. In the fourth round, they got a defensive tackle, a giant Samoan guy named Leaky Fotu from Utah. And, That's a tight uh, name. He's like sort of an athletic freak, 6'5", 330. One and of those big Samoan guys? Is that what you said? Yeah. So, you know, I'm in favor of that. I don't want Me to sound too. racist, but I, I think there's a long track record of that being a Mormon, A Mormon Samoan. It's hard to even say. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's see. Any Anybody else that jumped out at you? Uh, Dallas, people were giving Dallas a lot of credit for um, some of the other picks that they made. Uh, outside of CD Lamb, um, so that makes me happy. Um, That's good, you know. Yeah, it's great. That'll do. That'll do. And you know, I I love the draft. I'm in on it. It's fun. It's going man. on right now. We should probably be paying more attention. But um, yeah, I've been kind of keeping an eye on it. But I mean, Cleveland. Cleveland got a. <laughs> they've picked themselves up a tackle, so maybe they can keep Baker off the off his back a little bit more this year. We'll see. Um. Yeah, lots of lots of interesting stuff here. This the season certainly is shaping up. Like this looks like a a draft that will. A lot of these guys are going to be instant contributors, and it'll be fun to see how they kind of all fit into their different systems and, and teams that they've been drafted by. I'm real excited. If I'm always going to be excited about the NFL season starting, but especially excited and hopeful that it does start this year. Yeah, we sure hope so. Yeah, we sure hope so. Um, you got anything yeah, else? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I could say we go. Let's see. The Broncos took Judy in the first round. Huge um, pick. Love it. Love the star, David. I'm all in on Jerry Judy. Jew. Uh, let's see. Oh, Judy said he is called Jew by his friends and as a way of shortening <laughs> his last name. And he wore a star of David necklace this past season and at the combine, even though he is not Jewish. He apologized via social media at the Combine when he was informed that some found it offensive, but apparently he didn't give a shit because he wore it again last night. So shouts to Jerry Judy. I love it. I love the swag. Uh, Apologizing and then continuing to do the thing you apologized for is amazing. Yeah, they took K.J. Hammer, a wide receiver out of Penn State, in the second round, uh, one of the fastest players in the draft. Yeah. And then took a corner. Uh, They took a center in round three. Uh, later in round good three, they took them. a defensive tackle, and then later in round four, they took our man Albert O. Huge hell, yeah! Albert. I think they've got a really badass tight end that was a rookie last year too, out of Notre Dame. So they're going to have a couple of twin tower tight ends there that can catch the ball, really be something like kind of like New England we were talking about in the last episode with uh, Gronk and Hernandez, serial killer, but. I like that. I like that two giant tight end setup with two super super athletic catchable guys. I like it. Yeah, I like it. This has been a good podcast, Brad. Thank you for uh, joining. Our us. exhaustive draft recap. It was pretty good. There it is. We you're a good really. captain. Good job, bud. Hopefully, some crazy shit will happen here on uh, Saturday that we'll be able to talk about later next week. Yeah, Monday. But until next time, that's it for backdoor cover. We'll be back with uh, Mind of Micah and. Uh, everything else so until next time mm, bye-bye thanks for listening <laughs>